everyone. We are back for episode number three, New York Jones Hotel. This is Tim, formerly online Big Blue. Oh my God. Seems like these podcasts are coming quicker and quicker by the moment, faster and faster. Oh, I'm trying to roll up my sleeves here. I was looking down on the camera, not being professional, but you know what? We're never professional here. I want to talk about Saquon Barkley. I want to talk about his contract. I want to talk about Andrew Thomas and his upcoming contract and how potentially signing Dan Jones to a long-term agreement can really screw up what we need to do with Andrew Thomas coming up in two years. Also want to talk about the New York Giants linebacking core. It's not the crunch bunch. There's no, there's no Bradley Van Pelt. There's no Brian Kelly. There's no Lawrence Taylor. There's no Harry Carson. There's no Carl Banks. There's no Pepper Johnson. There's no Andy Hedden. Hell, there's no even a Robbie Johnson. But we want to talk about the draft and what the Giants may be able to do to address that situation as well. Wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley real quick. I think that's kind of the uh, the interest that a lot of people have. It's 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 a twofold deal. You have Saquon Barkley and you have Daniel Jones, and you both have the contract situation. Plain and simple, you both they both need to get paid, allegedly. And I want to talk about this for a second because everyone's always focusing on Daniel Jones, and and rightfully so because he's the quarterback. And Shane has come out and says, we have not even talked to Daniel Jones' camp yet. Uh, the Giants did try to meet with Barkley uh, after the bye or during the bye week and offered a $12.1 million contract, and he turned that down. And he comes out and said, we mentioned this before, comes out and says, I don't want Christian McCaffrey money. I don't want $16.1 million. Comes out and says, you know what? I'm going to take 16.1 million. The, the the most prudent thing to do with Barkley, because you you cannot deny this, you cannot debate this, you cannot say anything about this. He is the cog for the Giants. He is the straw that stirs the drink. He is the Daryl Strawberry back, you know, Daryl Strawberry back over the Mets from the 80s. He, he you focus on you focus on Saquon. You move to Saquon. You work with Saquon. Everything runs through Saquon. And if you remove him from the equation and then you hope you, you, you're going to find someone in the draft, you hope maybe you get someone in free agency, that's a, that's a big hope. There's a lot of hope. There's, there's, there's a lot of uh, hope associated with that. And yes, of course, hope does bring eternal, but it just doesn't make sense. Signed into a long-term contract right now, 25 years old, only coming off, you know, coming off one season that he, you know, that he, very stellar season outside of his rookie year. And, you know, he had the year before that when he came back from the ACL. And they always say it takes 12 to 24 months to, for anyone to come back effectively from that ACL. So he hit that stride. But can you, you don't really want to drop him that Christian McCaffrey contract. You don't want to give him that contract like Dallas did uh, to Ezekiel Elliott. What you want to do is it just makes the most sense to just tag him. And I'm saying use that franchise tag. You don't need to negotiate him with you to, if you don't want. Tag him because the tag number is 10.1. He made a little over eight. So you're giving him a, almost a $2 million raise. Yeah, it's completely guaranteed. But you also then have the ability to, if something goes wrong, something goes haywire, something goes kaput, another injury occurs, you have the ability then to understand, yes, it was a guar- fully guaranteed 10.1, but I'm out of it next year. If he does not replicate the same season that he had in 2022, you're out of it next year. And you still can have him as a focal point of the offense. He's not going to be happy. Nope. I can't think of one player that got tagged that first season and was happy. Now, they always get happy if they get tagged the second season because that's when they really make some money because that's when the the accelerator kicks in for the the tag money. Um, But they're never happy. They're never, they're never happy when they get tagged. So, but that's okay. That's all right. I'll take an unhappy Saquon at 10.5. If he has a similar season that he had in 2022 and he is a focal point, uh, uh, you know, he's a focal point of the offense. I don't have to worry now about 
the offense itself, because of the fact that via who the way the Giants offense is predicated and the way they set it up and the way it runs, it, it's just it it's you could put a lot of different quarterbacks behind there. You really can. And I love it because we did it. We did a short um couple days ago. And the short was the fact that uh, reporting part of the athletic that the Giants did not want to re-sign. Or not, not that I want to resign, but they did not want to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones. It makes all the sense in the world. You have a $32 million cap hold immediately. Now, of course, you maintain exclusive rights with Daniel Jones to negotiate, but you've you've now limit you have 44 million. Yes, they're gonna probably gain more cash, but you have 44 million. We're gonna go off, we're gonna go off the current cap number. You take away 32 million of that immediately with the cap hold. And last time I checked, that leaves you. With oh, 12 million, 12 million out of the 44 for free agency. It's, it's, it's not a good look. I mean, unless you figure out you can sign, you're going to sign them to that long-term contract, but it's going to limit and hamper what you can do now. So I, I'm saying you can't, you can't use the franchise tag on Dan Jones. It's just, it's just a smart thing. One thing that truly worries me and that no one's really talking about besides the fact that I'm having a really good hair day. One thing that truly worries me about the New York Giants and signing Daniel Jones to a long-term contract. Everyone I hear is saying, you have to sign him to a five-year deal. You got to sign him to a five-year deal because this way you can give him less money in 2023, save your salary cap space, re-sign Saquon Barkley, try to get some guys in free agency and move forward that way. There's a problem to this theory that I don't think anyone is addressing or looking at. There is a massive issue. There is something very, very wrong here. You have Andrew Thomas's contract coming up He's going into year four next year in 2023. And of course, they're going to pick up the fifth-year option. So 2024, they'll have the fifth-year option. After that, you're going to have to look at the resigning him. You're probably going to look to try to resign him in year five. But after year five, it'll be the third year. Let's say Daniel Jones gets a five-year contract. It will be the third year of Daniel Jones' five-year contract. The poison pill, as you want to put it, if you want to look at the NBA contracts, will be in that third year. It's like the Leonard Williams deal. You the 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 longer you go down, you know, wait, we got to do it because we don't have to. We have to have the we have to have the um, the visuals as well. King of the almost sack. So the problem is this: when that third year for Daniel Jones hits, that will be the first year of Andrew Thomas's contract. So I mean, so you may excuse me, you may have Daniel Jones making 38 million, 40 million that third year. What are you gonna do cap-wise to then pay Andrew Thomas at the same time? The more money you slide down the cap, the more times you kick the cap, cap down the road. We've talked about this. You kick the can down the road multitudes of times. Here's the problem. Sooner or later, you gotta pay the piper. Sooner or later, the chickens come home to roost. Well, so many people miss when I say that. Um, but that's what you have to imagine. That's what you have to think. That you, and I said this before. I, I like Shane a lot because I think that he is playing long ball. I don't think he's playing short ball. I think he's, I think he's looking at this from a long perspective. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some water because, like I said, I could do whatever I want now because I don't need to edit this stuff. <laughs> If they want to edit out me drinking water, let them do it. Let them do it. Um, but Shane, I think, is playing the long ball. I think he's I think he's playing the smart game 
because he understands that he not only has to make he only he not only does he have to put a competitive product on the field now, he has to have the ability to have cap control for the you know for the foreseeable future for the next ten years, because of the fact that if you're looking to be short sighted, you are going to get into situations where team have where teams have one good season, get into cap purgatory, and then turn around and and just kind of fade away for another year or two. After having that one good season, I'm looking at my thing. I'm looking at uh, whose car. Should we push the whose car button? I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Whose car are we going to take? I don't know why. I don't know why I pushed that button, but the sound effect was there. I, I had to see. They, they gave me all these sound effect numbers, and I haven't, I haven't looked at them yet. Uh, but that's, that's evidently a new sound effect as well. But he's playing long ball. He's playing the game that he understands that he needs to maintain and he's going to have contracts coming up, you know, after you give the big deal to Daniel Jones. Because if you give Daniel Jones a three-year deal, you're going to have to give him a lot of the bonus money and a lot of the bonus money up front, which is then going to screw your 2023 cap. But then again, like I said, you have to be. You have to be a little pensive and understand that I got to look down the road as well. I got to look a little further down the road because I need to understand that I'm going to have another big contract of a cog, a key cog on that offensive line and a key cog position in the NFL and left tackle come up. The Giants have not had what I would refer to as a stellar linebacking core for years. I mean, you're not going to have a linebacking core from the late '70s, the the '80s, and even into the '90s. We we haven't drafted we haven't drafted well when it comes to linebackers. We have picked up some free agent linebackers. Um, we have moved forward right there. And as everyone's talking about wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Oh, also we have the um, scrolling on the bottom here. Those are the top. Those are the uh, giant New York Giants trade talk top fifteen quarterback prospects in the 2023 draft. But the Giants draft-wise have kind of gotten away from the linebackers. They kind of got away what made them the Giants of the Giants of your back in the um back in you know back in the early days. Oh you know we 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 have that sound effect. Why don't we do that? <laughs> Hold on. Everyone just sit there. This is just this is just like a live stream. Because I still have to find the music because I don't even know where it is. Where did it go? Oh here we go. Now we can do it. Lombardi. A certain magic still lingers in the name from the duels on the ice and the snow. You got, I gotta love. I, I have to do my John Fasunda. But the Giants haven't drafted a linebacker in eons and ages. And yes, wide receiver is an important position right now for for this team. But you also have to understand that linebackers. I got to pull up my chart. That linebackers is a key cog to this unit as well. Because one of the biggest problems that we had last season was the fact that we couldn't stop the run. We could, we did not have an outside linebacker that could help maintain and hold the edge. We did not have an outside linebacker who had speed enough to cover the tight ends. We had a lot of problems at linebacker, and a lot of the problems of them getting, you know, the offenses getting through into the second level is we were not making the stops until maybe three, four yards beyond the point of attack. Blake Martinez, for all of his faults and for all of his difficulties, understand, and we've said it before, he knew how to flow like water. He, 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 he ran through the vines. He knew what he was doing. He was able to cut through the ball carriers. I mean, excuse me, through the traffic and find the ball carrier and actually either make the tackle at the point of attack or a little bit further down, which is what you need to do. And I've said this before. We, everyone talks about, 
Everyone talks about Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder, Tay Crowder. Oh my God, did you see that hit that he put on Derrick Henry? Where he hit him from the side? And Derrick Henry was running up too high when he even said that I made the adjustment where I actually started to lowering my shoulders in the second half and running low. And he only really hit him from the side. He didn't hit him head on. That was a career defining tackle. Yeah. And then he fell off the earth. And we know, and we know where he is now. Well, right now he's on the practice squad, but that was a joke. Um, but the problem was, I've said this before, you need to look at your linebackers. You need to look at your middle linebackers and your outside linebackers. Your middle linebackers and outside linebackers, if they're good, they will have more solo tackles than assists. If you have a linebacker that has more assists than solo tackles, you do not have a quality linebacker. You have a guy that's either getting pylon stats or is not making the or is not sitting there at the point of attack. I pointed this out before, and I've showed you multitudes of linebackers who are high-quality linebackers who have more solo tackles and assists because that tells me they're reaching the point of attack before anyone else, and that's what you need, and that's something that Blake Martinez has. We don't have this on that team. We really don't, and that caused the difficult. Now, if you look at our current linebacking situations, you have Kayvon Thibodeau, who I don't think is going to – he's not a starting linebacker. Kayvon Thibodeau, to me, is a guy that's got to play with his hand in the dirt. Maybe you move him around and rush him. You keep him all out on the edge. He's more of a destructive force that way. you got Cam Brown, who's been on this team for an eon and a half. Um, and he's not going, I mean, he, he, he's, he is not a guy that you look at and say, you know what? That's a, that's a quality guy. You got Carter Coughlin. Who's probably not going to be on this team either. Let me see all. So you get, you got Fox who is probably going to be scratching to get this team. You got Darren Beavers. Who's going to be coming off an injury. You got McFadden who played well in spurts and times, uh, but nothing to write home about. These are the guys that we have under contract. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone else. So those are your linebackers. Those are your guys. Those are your line. Those, those are the guys that you are going to go to battle with. Those are the guys that you are going to line up again with. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, truly plain and simple. Now, the question is, if you go line, if you go wide receiver with the first pick, and you still also need a guard, you're going to need a CB2. We've, we've gone through the multitudes of things that we need. But to me, you have to go linebacker in the second round. You have to. You have to try to find that gem. You have to find that guy that's going to make, maybe not make a difference right away, but is going to have the ability to do the things that you need to do. Doing that, doing that thing you do. Uh, for some reason, I watched that movie yesterday. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why. You want to know why? Who? Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're I'm ordering the code red on linebackers. Now there's a couple guys that I've been kind of looking at um, and they're, and they're not big names. They're guys that in some ways you're probably going to look at and say, okay, you know what? Definitely a second round pick, definitely a third round pick, but not guys that are going to be sitting there and they may not, you know, they may not really pique your interest a little bit. I mean, the first guy you're looking at is, is Will Anderson over at Alabama. We're not getting Will Anderson. He's a top five guy. He's a, he could potentially even be a number one guy. You don't know. Uh, so you got you to take Will off the books. You got you to click him off. The other guy I like who I would like to see, uh, I, I would like to maybe see the Giants go after is, uh, what's his name, Will McDonald of Ohio State. Um, Iowa State, actually, Ohio State. He was Iowa State. I couldn't remember where the hell he was from. Um, big kid, 6'4", 245. He runs a nice 40. I think he's got like a 6'9", 40. 36 tackles, five sacks, you know, he, the t they always rave about his speed and they, they rave, rave about his athleticism. The year prior, he had 15 sacks. So he is a guy that has the ability 
to make tax. What was this? No, he didn't have 15 sacks. He had 10 and a half in 2020, 10 and a half in 2021. He had a down year with only four sacks in 2022. He is a guy that is, you know, he's fast. He is athletic. He understands how to get around blockers. He understands how to basically, like I said, he, he can, he doesn't get lost in the sauce. He had a kind of, he's one of those guys that I think is going to be a lot better than the pros than he showed in college. Um, and like I said, he had a down year, but the whole team did. So, but he is another guy that I think that he he can he can work in multiple sets. He can work in the three four. He can work in a four three. Hell, he probably can work in the forty six zone. I, I do think that he could work his way into the latter half of the first round, maybe even below twenty five. Uh, but I do think he is a second round guy, and like I said, he 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 is a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. He is a guy that has the speed. I'm not sure how he's going to adjust in coverage, but he has the speed to cover the tight end. He has the speed to cover the running back out of the backfield. So he's just a guy that I think would be interesting. And like I said, his athleticism alone should pique your interest. The other kid I was looking at is the kid out of Army. Let me pull up. That's uh, what's his name? Uh, Andre Carter. Andre Carter to the second. He is another guy that had a down season. A big guy, 6'7, 250, a little slower. Um, had 37 tackles, three sacks, and two pass defenses last year. He had a blow-up season. That is the kid last year that had uh, two years ago, 2021, had 15 and a half sacks. I mean, he is a kid that you look at his size, you look at his ability. He's tall. He's a big defender. Um, if you look at what he can't, what I think he can do is, I do think for his size, he still has the ability to cover the tight end, but I also think he has the ability to help the defensive end set the edge and maintain his assignments. So they are not flowing. The the running backs not flowing through and getting into the second level, but I think he's a kid that can do, I think he can do that. Um, And like I said, he's a guy, I think you can get anywhere between round two and three Byron young. I like him out of Tennessee. I think he's projected between anywhere between the third and the fifth round. Um, Again, like I said, he's 6'3", 243. He's, he's, again, he's another fast guy. He ran a good 40, ran like a 5, uh, I think he's a, run, what did he run at? 4, 6, 40. Uh, another big kid, another kid that I think can go in the second or anywhere between the second and the fifth round. It really depends. He had a good season in 2021 and 22. Uh, limited starting ability. He's only played 22 games or 20, uh, yeah, t- how many games did he play? 21 games. Over the last two seasons, that's all. That's all the experience. So, um, probably a kid that should have went back to school, but he's someone else that the Giants should be looking at. Nolan Smith, the kid out of Georgia, 6'3", 235. Um, smaller size, but again, he is he is a dangerous edge rusher. He's quick off the ball. He has the ability. Um, he's one of those kids you got to look at to see. He's got to get a little bit bigger. He's got to get a little bit stronger. Is he going to be as good as a run defender as the other guys? No, but he's again is a guy that I think can help maintain and set the edge. Um, what's his name? Derek Hall, uh, the kid at Auburn, 6'3, 251. A little bit on the slower side. He's gonna be in a little, he's gonna be in the latter half of the draft. I think you're looking at a guy that could be a middle linebacker, 60 totals for six and a half six and a half sacks and interception last year. Uh, tough player for Auburn, good player, gutty player for Auburn. He's going to have his physical limit limitations. Again, I think is a guy you could potentially move into the middle linebacking position, but he's a guy that you need to look at. He's a guy that could be a difference maker. He is a guy that can do something later in the draft. You're looking at uh, someone like Charlie Thomas out of Georgia tech. Uh, another guy at six, two, two Oh seven, 40 time. Pretty good. Little light of weight. He racked up 112 tackles and two interceptions and two forced fumbles in 2022. 
solid run defender. I'd like to see him get bigger. I'd like to see him gain some size. He's going to be in the back half of the draft. He's going to be anywhere between round three and six, but he's another guy that giants can potentially take a look at and move forward. As you can see, as I pointed out before, that is the, uh, the top 15 giant top 50, that giant top 15, our top 15 or my top 15, 2023 guys uh, in reference to the quarterbacks. But like I said, I think the focal point needs to be on linebacker, especially if you're going to go wide receiver in the first round, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be an interesting lead up to the draft. It's going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of good shows coming up. So make sure you stay tuned. We have um, some, I think uh, I'm not sure what day this show is coming out, maybe Monday or Tuesday, but I think we're gonna have another show scheduled for Friday of this week as well. So, you know what? This is Tim. This is New York Giants Trade Talk. Hoping you enjoyed the show. Hoping you enjoyed the new format. Uh, we got some big surprises and a lot of fun coming up, so make sure you don't go away. And you know what? I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. You know what? Don't tune in. You better tune out because you know what? We're going to be here forever. I'm just joking. Uh, all right, guys. I appreciate it. And you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs>